amateur, hobbyist, or professional indoor cycling instructor? Which are you? We're going to discuss the differences as we see them, and then we're going to announce something very special, something that we've been told is missing in ICI Pro. This is Amy, the Senior Group Fitness Instructor at the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Are you looking for a spark of inspiration to bring to your next class? Find us at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. Hi, and welcome to the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. I'm John McGowan. I'm Jennifer Sage. Jennifer, is there a lot of snow there yet? Well, I'm looking out my window, and we have nothing where I live, but Denver got pounded, so, you know, Denver's a lot lower than us. It's weird how weather works, but it's coming. And it is coming, yes. Yes, and this is on the eve of me taking off to teach indoor cycling. Down on the beach. Down on the beach, exactly, in Jamaica. We may not have snow, but it's um, in the teens, so... I will be thinking of you down there. Yeah, but you can see snow, can't you? You can look up and see the mountains. Oh, on the mountaintops, yep. yeah. Exactly. Let's get on to the topic at hand here. And the question is, do you consider yourself a professional? Or are you maybe more of an amateur or a hobbyist? I received an email a week or so ago from a listener, and I'm not going to share who it is, but it got me thinking about the topic we're talking today. And, and I'm paraphrasing, but it went something like, hi, John, I like all the free content you guys make available. You know, I can see myself becoming an Indoor Cycle Instructor Pro member sometime in the future, but I'm not quite there yet. I guess the question to you, Jennifer, first is, do you consider yourself a professional Indoor Cycling Instructor? I do. Okay. When I was driving along, thinking this through, what I was trying to decide was, you know, what is this person saying to me? You know, the idea being, what's going to happen in the future contrasted with where they are now? And then how does where they are now or where they will be in the future, how, how, what does that have to do with whether or not they would join as a member of Indoor Cycle Instructor Pro? And so what I came up with was, okay, what does it mean to be a professional contrasted say with an amateur or a hobbyist? And after I've been thinking it, you know, I came up with, you know, four behaviors or attitude, I guess. Does that sound, does that sound like something? Yeah. Or decisions you make about yourself. Exactly. You know, that is an attitude, right. Which, which really decides if you're a professional or a hobbyist or an amateur. And I, categorized them in four questions and they are are you compensated for what you do do your results matter to others do you recognize the value of your personal time and do you recognize the value of other people's time the quality of what you do doesn't determine whether you're an amateur a hobbyist or professional and i'm going to explain kind of what I mean by those terms here in a minute. Yet, what you are in one of those terms does determine the quality of the outcome of what you do. And also, it doesn't matter how often you do what you do. You may teach only an hour or two a week. 
and be a professional, or you may teach 20 hours a week and still be an amateur. You know what I mean, Jennifer? It's like, absolutely, yeah. And so here are my questions I'm going to add that we can talk about to decide if you are an amateur, a hobbyist, or a professional. Question number one is, are you compensated for what you do? And when my kids were young, they'd always ask me, Dad, what does it mean to be a professional? And then the response is, what, Jennifer? You're paid for what you do. But that's really a passe understanding of the term. But I kind of let it evolve a little bit and say, said compensated because, you know, there are many forms of compensation. For some of us, you know, we're, we're teaching just for uh, free membership. Well, that has value. You're being compensated, right? And it doesn't matter if you're making, you know, five bucks a class or 50 bucks a class or a hundred bucks a class. It, it, it's irrelevant to you're, you're being compensated. Well, you know, that's an interesting point. Barbara Hoots sent me an email and she was a little upset about a comment that she got from somebody where they had said, why should I care about building my class? It was in response to her, you know, she's all about class numbers, building your class, mm-hmm. promoting yourself every endlessly, which is cool. But the response that she got was, well, why should I care? I'm already at the top pay scale. So what difference does it make? That person is not a professional. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, Even though he or she makes the most uh, in that club. And so, and then the other part of this, you know, is, is that we, and you and I talked earlier is that, you know, if, for example, if you're a, um, if you manage a house or a business and you can, you find ways to be thrifty or save money, you know, that is a form of compensation as well. Isn't it? Absolutely. You know, where I, you know, I've seen some very. Someone else doesn't have to write the check. Exactly. Now, to define the three stages, and, you know, if you look at an amateur, and I, I'm, forgive the metaphor, but I'm going to use gardening because I hate gardening. I, I used <laughs> to think I wanted to be a gardener, but no. But an amateur will stick some tomato plants in the ground and come back in a few months and pick whatever fruits of it, you know, whatever tomatoes are growing. You know, that's kind of the amateur, and that's their what they see as their compensation. Minimal amount of work, and they're still going to come back and expect the fruit. Okay. The hobbyist, you know, they love what they do. They are the person down the street with the beautiful garden. That They also will get a large harvest from it just by all the work that they do. Does that make right. sense? And they'll spend hours and hours and hours to do it exactly their compensation is more it's just personal it is you're right it's pride or appreciation you know or maybe hey look at how beautiful my garden is and which it's perfect i mean that's you know that if that's their desire that's a wonderful thing the professional expects to be paid well the professional is going to say well i'm going to be paid based on what i describe as the next three components so you, you listed the, the compensation as the least important of the four. I did. Correct. Correct. Because it's the one that everybody looks at as the most important, but I see it, it, it's a, it, it has to be in place to be a professional. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't see it as the overwhelm. Because, I mean, the, look at the example of pro sports. You know, you've got some very high-paid athletes, and they usually, they usually do a great job in their rookie year. They pay them a bunch of money. Well, that doesn't mean that they're going to perform the following year, right? Right. And then you've got some who are not paid well, who are just out there. Oh, they have so much heart, and they're not paid well. I, exactly. I think of the domestiques on a cycling team. You know, they're not paid as much as you know, the team leader, but, oh, man, are they important. They are. And that's where it goes to question number two, and, and that is, do your results matter to others? If you're an amateur, you don't care. 
And I think that this may be where, uh, well, I mean, first of all, it, it reflects poorly on all of us as instructors and, and, and amateurist behavior in any profession is something that people don't want. And, and have, have you seen amateur instructors, Jennifer? Well, I worked at a club where we had an instructor who never really had a profile, used a lot of the same music all the time, and would sometimes just throw on a DVD and not say much. And basically, he was filling a seat. The, the <laughs> management didn't really care. Right. It filled the seat of a hard-to-fill slot, and you know he had a following of his friends, and um, they would chat. And yeah, definitely. I mean, I, we may all know instructors either like that or they're, you know, they're just in it for their own workout and nothing else matters. This person could have been teaching for 15 years, correct? Oh, yeah. It's again, it's an attitude and and a behavior that... And it's, it is still possible for them to have a good, teach a good class every now and then mm-hmm. know, for they... Do your results matter to others? The hobbyist, and this is where I may get in trouble with some people. What I see as a hobbyist is someone who loves what they do and in large part appreciates the affirmation they get for doing it. But all- that affirmation is a wonderful thing. It's a, a pride and I I yep. can acknowledge that. But it does become a little bit about them. And where you can see the guy standing there, you know, with the prize for the biggest tomato or maybe the instructor who will tell you how much people love their music. Not how much they love their class, but maybe just their music. Or that they kick their butts. Exactly. So pride in being the hardest. Mm-hmm. If you're a professional, your results matter to others. Everything you do is focused on the results of your client. If you're a professional gardener or landscaper, it's you want your customer happy. So he's going to refer you. So he's going to pay you. If you're, if you're teaching an indoor cycling class or a group fitness class, you know, the results that your participants are getting is what's most important. And it's not that you come into class and today you need a really hard class. So you're going to make them go through it. Or today you personally need to go easy. So you make them do that. It should be. What is in it for them? If it's a, a a below threshold ride for the whole day because they still need to do some aerobic training, then that's what they're going to do. Not just to throw their hands up and say, oh, I'm just going to kill them because that's what they want rather than give them what they need. Third question. Do you recognize the value of your time? Now, as I see an amateur, it sees no value in their personal time. And they go through life pretending to accomplish things, but really create nothing of any real value. You know, this is the person who, you know, spends all time watching TV, chasing around. And then, like you were saying, uses the same music or has four CDs that they're switching between a single class just to try to, to, to vary it up. But having, you know, had spent all the sorts of other time doing everything but preparing being ready for their class. Exactly. Again, this is the person who couldn't be bothered with a profile. The hobbyist is the exact opposite of the amateur in this sense, I think. You know, where, and again, I can see the emails coming. You know, the hobbyist is the person, and just so that we're clear here, or at least I'm clear, is that the hobbyist instructors are phenomenal. Oh, yeah. And and because they tend to be very committed 
but the point I'm going to make is this, is that if you spend four hours perfecting a playlist or hours online looking for the perfect profile that you will only use once to teach a class where maybe you're getting paid 20 bucks, you're a hobbyist. Does that make sense? Yes, and that's it's probably most of the instructors out there. And again, like you said, it's it's not a it's not a bad thing. It's just kind of how how do you look at your time, your own time? Is it really okay to spend four, five, six? Some people <sighs> you tell me even ten hours on one profile or fine tuning it so 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 much that you know you're ultimately making 10 cents an hour or 50 cents an hour. <laughs> if that. <laughs> it's, it's not okay. I don't care what it is. It's not okay. And if you have no other life, nice, you know, and this is the one thing in your life that has any yeah. meaning, sure, okay. But I'm going to guess exactly. they all have jobs and families and dogs that need to be walked and children that could be attended to or paid attention to. And especially in these days, you know, maybe picking up another job or or whatever it is that we need to do to make it through this time it becomes even more important to be effective in the use of your time. The professional in this regard, you know, recognizes the value of their time and, you know, be it either personal or professional. And it's an interesting thing when you place a specific value on your time. I'm worth $30 an hour, $50 an hour, $100 an hour. And you begin to realize, you know, how foolish you can be in trying to do things yourself that maybe others should do for you here a good example of this says you know the the listeners recognize you know we put together keith burdenge and i from uh keith from cadence revolution we put together the mixed meister academy and amy my wife who is i call the senior group fitness instructor and she does the introduction to the podcast she saw this and she said well that's that's the right way to do this kind of thing that's a woman's way. It is. It, 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 well, and she doesn't say it that way. She says there's a guy's way and then there's the right, the right way. way. <laughs> okay. Where, you know, we're. I like you, Amy. Yes. Well, and I'll tell her that. The, uh, because, you know, how she explained it is that, you know, a guy's just going to grab it and go. And it does aimlessly. It's like, you know, the, the you know, it's the proverbial monast directions, but, you know, drive around for hours, you know, where the right way is to say, okay, you know, is there a way for me to maximize the amount of time I have to invest in this and do it very quickly? And so I minimize, you know, the amount of time I spend, not to mention frustration. You know, this Mixmeister Academy is a good example. You know, I had a lot of people say, oh, this is phenomenal. I bought the software a year ago and I got frustrated with it and never used it. And so now having a solution for that makes it easy to go forward. I'm not do- not using this example to sell you on the Academy, but the idea is saying is that if there's an avenue for you to simplify what it is you're doing, and maybe it's gonna you're gonna sit down for a four hour span and create five playlists that you're gonna use for the next three months on your different classes. Or another example is something that we're looking for to in the future is helping people recognize that if you're spending a lot of time on music maybe you'd be better off spending a little extra time maybe brushing up on your presentation skills. Does that make sense, Jennifer? It does. You know, where that would have some value in every class you teach. Well, not just your classes, but, you know, in your general life. If you can improve your communication skills, there's definite crossover for everything you do. But I want to address um, 
something that you were talking about, you know, recognizing the value of your time. If you want to put a dollar value on it, um, it, that's a very hard transition to make. And it took me a lot of years to really start saying, Hmm, I'm pretty good at this and I'm worth more than X. I, I think I should be paid Y and not just from my club. You know, I, I started I got more and more brave to go in and ask for raises. Eventually I hit the ceiling and, you know, I could be a, have the Nobel Peace Prize and they wouldn't pay me more. But, uh, but still I had to, it, it took confidence. Let's say it that way. And then as a personal trainer, I got an opportunity to get a new um, home client and I wanted to ask for more money. And I struggled and struggled and struggled with really, what am I worth? And I finally went to that person when it came time to discuss. And I said, he said, what do you charge? And I said, $95 an hour. I surprised myself, John. And he Good said, for oh, you. okay. I, I did, but it, it took a long time to get to that point. It takes confidence. And that's part of being a professional. So maybe it, it, it doesn't have to be the, the highest dollar value, but just look at the value of your time. What are you worth? And and I know the the particular circumstance that you're talking about, because we talked about it when I was out and uh, visited you in Colorado here last month. Mm-hmm. But you are an inexpensive solution to maximizing the, that your client's fitness needs. I, I really am. I mean, he could go spend hours. He this this person particular man does not have the time to spend hours, uh, you know, reading and no, and but, but he has the money to hire someone like you. And I, I'm guessing that he has a lot of professionals in his life. Yes. <laughs> he happens to be retired, but, mm-hmm. but even yet, I'm sure he has professionals doing things that, and that's what takes me to, uh, my fourth question. And that is, do you recognize the value of other people's time? Now, of course, the amateur, everyone will know right away, is the, per- the, the instructor that shows up late or someone who uh, is unprepared or doesn't d- demonstrate a respect for other people. Do you, do you know anybody like that? Oh, I know so many. <laughs> it's amazing. It's, you know, we're, we, we seem to be just talking about these classifications of people, but I, just as you're going through it, I, I really, really do know a lot. And, you know, they're unprepared. And the students out there, they're paying for this. They're taking their time to come to you to learn something and to get more fit. And your clientele or your participants, more often than not, will tolerate it. But in actuality, you know, it's just because they're nice. But given the opportunity. I think it's something else, John, too. Mm -hmm. You know, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I think it's because maybe they haven't really experienced someone who really does value their time. Maybe they think that's the norm. That could be. That could very well be. Oh, this is the way it is. All these instructors come in and yeah, that's, you know, everyone chit chats and it's fun. We, I had a good workout and we go home. Well, then someone gets hired who really decides to put more into it and they go to that class and this instructor makes them think. This instructor teaches them something. This instructor leads them to a fitness that they never thought was possible. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, that age-old problem of somebody else making you look bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's, comp- it's, it's the whole theory of you know competition competition is good mm-hmm. 
because right. it improves the quality of everyone, or it should. All right. And sticking with recognizing the value of other person's people's time, um, you know, we move to the hobbyists. Now, and again, I don't say this to be critical, but you know, the hobbyist does not value his or her own time, you know, in their search for the perf- the perfect playlist or the perfect profile. And it's been my experience that they tend to uh, expect others to give of their own time freely as well. Now, Jennifer, you know, when you and I launched Indoor Cycle Instructor Pro, we both heard some comments uh, with to the effect of, okay, now where do you get off charging people money? And and, and it kind of went with, uh, well, the Internet is supposed to be free. That was a hard transition to make, too, because for so long we did give everything for free. And, and my blog um, for years, you know, I was well, years, a year and a half, in a way, it was as if I didn't even respect my own value. Right. And, and I think and I, and from my perspective, you know, I was, you know, I had the idea that maybe we could turn it into something or I could turn it into something. But at the same time, you know, there was there was some compensation on the early part of it just from the from the pride per- thing, you know, and I think oh, right. and I think a lot of a lot of hobbyists affirmations. Uh, yeah, huge. Exactly. And there's a lot of hobbyists out there that can move into going back to the original thing I talked about this email where I'm not there yet, but I could be there soon. The hobbyist that says, you know what? I don't have all this time to spend anymore or all the time that I used to spend. I don't, I'm not getting the enjoyment out of it. It's, it's, I feel like I'm got, you know, this ball and chain on that, you know, I've convinced myself I need to spend five hours building a playlist and spending all this money on music. You know, I'm thinking there's got to be other ways to improve my class that I can do much more economically as far as time or money. Economically, effectively, and efficiently. The professional places a high value on the talents of other professionals. And and the example I I put here is, you know, I finished my own basement, but few people come down in it. And if you looked around it, you'd see and some of the doors stick a little bit, you know, that it wasn't a professional who did this. But when I had to add some bookcases to my family room where everybody would see them, I hired a professional. It makes a difference. Oh, completely, completely. Now you live with a professional. Builder. Yeah. Builder, exactly. Jeff, and he does a wonderful job. And so he can do his own basement and have it look like a professional. But I'm sure there's things, other things that he hires to have done, you know, uh, legal matters or accountants or those type of things. Yep. And, uh, and then, you know, when you look into the realm of professional athletes, you know, they're hiring professional coaches and trainers. Also seeing the value of professionals, you know, a, a, a professional does not expect another professional to work for free. No, because you understand the work that goes into it. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so then the question is, are you an amateur? Are you a hobbyist? Or are you a professional? Or maybe you're transitioning from one to the next. And then that leads us to our announcement, doesn't it, Jennifer? A very exciting announcement and one that... Um, it is. And I can hear everybody saying, get to the damn announcement. I know. <laughs> well, it's... It, you have had to shut me up a couple times. You know, I've been wanting to say, come on, let's tell them. Let's, let's tell them. Okay, all right, okay, here it is. Starting in January 2010, ICI Pro Platinum members will be able to earn 0.2 ACECs as part of their annual membership. Contributor and friend of ours, Dr. Haley Perlis, who I call our resident doctor of sport and exercise psychology, has created an online training course on 
communication effectiveness specifically for indoor cycling instructors. It will be available in January. Dr. Perlis is a you know frequent presenter at fitness conferences, and she's presented at CanFit Pro and WSSC. So I'm thinking, okay, so what value does these continuing education credits have to an Intercycle Instructor Pro Platinum member? So I went online, and IDEA you know, has a lot of videos that you can watch and get continuing education credits for them. It's interesting. They're all just, they're just a video. They just stick up a video tape uh, or a video camera at, a, at one of the sessions and just run it. Uh, and they even say it's raw footage. Uh, but they charge, if you're a member of IDEA, it's $55 and a non-member pays $65 for 0.2 credit CECs. So if that's the value of the two CECs that we're going to be giving, so we've effectively cut the cost of membership in half. Not to, yeah. mention, not to mention the fact is that we're delivering new content every single week. You know, pro podcasts, these audio profiles that we do that people really like. And they're so unique. You, you <laughs> cannot find them anywhere else. No, they don't. No one, no one has those anywhere. So enough of... And if I, if I may add, they come from professionals. <laughs> yes, they do. All right. So now, if you don't have any classes to teach between now and January, you may want to wait and you can just join as a member after the first of the year. Or uh, if you are carrying a schedule and you have some classes, you can join now. ICI Pro membership is completely risk free. We have a 100% money back guarantee that states that you will be continuously satisfied. And I always make that in bold continuously satisfied. So between now or four months from now, if you're not satisfied, we will refund the cost of your current subscription. If you have any questions or comments, you can just give either one of us a holler, John or Jennifer at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. So Jennifer, thank you. This might have been a little long. Hopefully people don't feel like we were lecturing them, but I... You know, it's a, it's you, you got to challenge people to think and to assess themselves like okay really what what am i how how do i view my role as an instructor so i think it's good that we challenged them good and i'm going to look forward to hearing all your comments because i'm positive there'll be some again the idea we're just trying to move the discussion forward and uh, help you all to become the best indoor cycle instructors you can so i just want to thank you for listening and thank you